Welcome to the 166th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. It is Tuesday, November 28th. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz, Chronicle Assistant Editor Isabel Vanderstoop, and Chronicle Photo Editor Jared Wenzelberger. We're also joined in spirit by sponsors Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. And before we get into our news items, which were carefully curated from the last two days of news, despite not having a podcast for two weeks, do we have any preambles? Uh, Happy late Thanksgiving to all. Do you guys want to talk about what you were thankful for last week, but are no longer thankful for as the holiday has passed? (laughs) You. Lies. <laughs> there was a brief moment on Thanksgiving where I was happy you weren't around. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And now I'm not that happy that you're not around anymore because you're here. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Aaron? Yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for watching my dog. I was going to say, great, checked out your dog. <laughs> you did a great job. That dog's got a bladder of steel. Yeah, that dog really doesn't pee very much. Anyway, uh, anything else? Anything you guys are thankful for? Uh, I'm... I'm Thankful for all sorts of stuff. I spent the entire day in, well, not the entire day, but like until about three in Onalaska talking to different students and teachers. And I don't really want to spoil what it was all about, but it was really fun. And I'm thankful for educators and also athletics because it's been a really fun week getting to see all of that football state and yada, yada. It's great. All right. Yeah, who you got in the who you got in the chippers this week? I got Tumwater Napa, and of course, oh, picking the home teams. You gonna go with Yelm as well? Uh, yeah, Yelm. They got a shot, I guess. We're we're gonna have more than comprehensive coverage of all three of those games. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, I'm really excited for all of them. I don't know that I'll go to all of them, but I'm excited anyways. Yeah. All right. News. News. Mm-hmm. Uh, first item, commissioners hope to, quote, right-size Lewis County government with 2024 budget. And I don't have any real hot takes on this, actually. I know you guys are shocked. Um, you already burned them all up the last time we were on here. Yeah, I got some got some takes off last time. And the time before. And the time before. Probably the time before that. <laughs> Literally all I was going to say. Uh, we've got some, some other stuff I'll have takes on. But, yeah, I don't know. They're talking about the budget. Um 19 offices and departments requested increases in 2024 for a total of 2.49 million, yet only 1.2 million in increases were approved. Uh, you know, I don't know. The story's got all the people that are all the, the departments that requested more money and things like that. Um, the one I did notice was the Board of County Commissioners requesting an increase of $46,500, which they then rejected, which is their own request, which kind of felt like a, See, we're all making sacrifices. Yeah, they were here. showing that there was yeah. like a like, give and take. <laughs> <laughs> um, they do take the they take recommendations from a citizens commission on the budget, so that's probably. I mean, I I would imagine the commission was like, no, you don't need that. Another yeah, and, and now they're going to start listening to a, an advisory board? I don't know. I'm just saying I bet that it wasn't only their decision. I How funny would it be if they came back and were like, we've actually passed a budget increasing everybody's budgets. <laughs> we don't know how numbers work, and we don't we don't want to pretend to care. You didn't include on your list here uh, the sheriff's office that mm-hmm. had its request of $576,000 rejected this year. Rejected mm-hmm. in full, citing... Um, if you have so many vacancies, maybe hire people into those instead of creating new positions. I did see that, and I felt like that was the correct thing to do. It was 
Yeah, it was a valid point. Conservatively fiscal governance, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would still be interested in knowing um, how and where the perceived budget shortfall occurred and, you know, the process of how, how we got to here. Um, but I'm sure that'll be, you know, coming in the future. They are having a public budget meeting on December 4th, the day they're supposed to approve the budget, which is kind of cramming it in there at the last minute, kind of a like speak now or forever hold your peace situation. But, you know, if you're interested in the budget, I suppose that's a meeting you could go to next Monday. Yeah, I think that's right. You've uh, exercised incredible restraint here, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Next up, Sheriff's Office investigating case of Toledo woman who died of two gunshot wounds. This is a sad story. Uh, Patricia Griggs from Toledo is the deceased, and her death is both extremely sad and mysterious. Uh, the Sheriff's Office said on November 14th that it didn't appear that anyone other than the deceased would have had any part in her death. I will reread the headline, Sheriff's Office Investigating Case of Toledo Woman Who Died of Two Gunshot Wounds. Does anybody have a, a comment on why that would be interesting? Uh, well, first of all, this is kind of breaking uh, policy, I guess, for us. Because normally if we have a suicide and it happens in someone's own home, it's not public. It's not something that we're going to report on. Um, but in this case, uh, we started to hear back from the public that there had been a murder and, um, just with the history of the sheriff's office and notifications to the public, et cetera, thought it would be good to at least say exactly what happened according to the coroner and the sheriff's office. Isabel put this together. Um, so you might have more insights on that. I don't want to read anything into it as far as the two gunshot wounds, not investigator. Uh, and I don't really want to start thinking about how that could be self-inflicted twice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that, th it that's does. the information we know, and it's out there now. Um, and Ultimately, yeah. what I think is worth saying here, and what I said to the sheriff's office, was that when your local newspaper is asked, hey, was there a murder, they have a responsibility to the readers and members of the public to tell them whether or not that happened. And this isn't that, but it's still giving them all of the information that we can give. And... So, yeah, it is, it's an unusual thing. I have no desire to speculate about what happened or anything, but um, hopefully the information that we published was pretty cut and dry. Like I said, it's everything that we have. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm, I had some, I was going to make some jokes, but I am not. I'm going to show even further restraint. Um, wow. Good job. The yeah, thank Doing you. What a noble than, guy. Better than the <laughs> yeah. uh, the author of Herman this week. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and like this is one thing. Like the sheriff can make an announcement. Like we don't see any reason to believe that this was caused by anybody but the deceased. Um, and in certain situations, you would take a law enforcement office at face value with that if they have built up any trust. But lately, that I feel like that trust is lacking, and the public is well within their rights and making a reason take to ask serious questions about are you sure and things like that so i just wish we could hear it from the sheriff's office before the rumor mill starts firing up i believe they could prevent said rumor mill if they got ahead of it like that and i believe i've made that clear yeah um anyway uh next item letters can again be mailed to santa in downtown chehalis 
Experience Chehalis, Book and Brush, and Totally Possum are doing the Letters to Santa program again this year, and this is cool. I encourage everyone, even if they're an adult, to sign up, maybe under a friend's name, and have Santa send them a letter explaining why they will or will not receive whatever they said they wanted for Christmas. For example, Dear Eric, I'm sorry, but I will be unable to bring you an eight-foot Japanese love pillow <laughs> in the shape of Lady Dimitrescu Aww. made entirely of Camel Crush cigarettes. <laughs> it won't fit in my sleigh. However, your nephew Jared should enjoy his new World Series champion Texas Rangers jersey. Oh, <laughs> oh that's such a good burn on all accounts. Just everywhere. Isabel just likes it because she didn't get burned. That's true. Isabel will enjoy her new soapbox. <laughs> yep, I, I would... I would. Um, yeah, anyway, send a letter to Santa if you feel so inclined. Or maybe if you know you don't believe, you're waiting for all the evidence about Santa to come out, hold off until next year. Did you guys all come from Santa households? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Santa, I did. You were also a Santa household? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlike Eric's household. Yeah. No, mine, mine were passive. They never told you there was a Santa. My dad would always just say, ho, 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 when no, I asked him if there was a Santa. No, you mean your household now. Oh, no, we're a non-Santa household. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't lie to my children like your parents did. <laughs> did you tell Ty, Did you tell Ty there was a Santa? Yeah. So he still I, believes there's a Santa. Aww. Just a massive the only lie kid at West. perpetrated <laughs> upon our youth, generation after generation. Uh-huh. So I'm the youngest of three, and I was, you know, in the upper half of the single digits, and my parents. So you were eight. What are you like? Probably, yeah. I don't really dancing around. There's like a four year half of single. <laughs> I don't know. What, I, what just are you rem- about? I just can't remember exactly how old I was. I remember that I was like not ten. Nice email. Mm-hmm. Um, I anyways, my parents were like, "Oh, you know, there's no Santa, right?" And I was like, "Well, I didn't until now. Like, it was so nonchalant. I felt slighted." I mean, did you think they're going to make like a whole big production? And no, it's just you know, I feel like at that time with the third kid, they were like, "What's the point in this anymore?" You know. If you could write a letter to Santa, what would it say, Aaron? Dear Santa, I want a balanced budget for Lewis County in 2024. Dear Santa, I know I have as much of it. <laughs> I'm ready to you because the sheriff's office won't return my letters. No, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dear anyway. Santa, listen to this thing that the Chronicle put in its comics section this week. Dear Santa, could you beat up old man Transalta and why not? No, he couldn't. Of course not. No, I'm certain that old man Transalta is ripped. Yeah, he is. He's, he's our true Santa Claus. Um, next item, Northwest Salmon Smokehouse and Artisan Market to open at former Bartels in downtown Chehalis. Frank and Danielle fans? Fawns? Sure. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, they're renovating the space and converting it to a restaurant. The store will take after its namesake and specialize in smoked salmon. The other half will be an artisan market stocked with locally sourced items from throughout Southwest Washington and Northwest Oregon. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, sounds neat. They're doing a lot of work down there. Um, the only thing I don't like is seeing comments on a story like this. And it's like, finally, somewhere to eat in Chehalis. It's like, we have all kinds of restaurants. Yeah, like McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell. You go to that Thai place, it's open (laughs) twice a week. Yeah. On a good week. Mm -hmm. You could go to all the places you get DoorDash from. Mm -hmm. Pecking House. (laughs) Wait, that's in Trillia. Yeah. 
What uh, what what so did I miss? So two weeks of news, and those four items were all you deemed dumpworthy. All on the front page. Oh, well, man. there was a lot of murders we could have got. More murders we could have gotten into. Yeah, well, it's not dumpy. True. I don't know. Yeah, what else is in uh, today's paper? Uh, there's a lot in today's paper, Aaron. Thank you for asking. Um, not in today's paper, but there's batting cages going to be installed over at Bob Peters Field. That's pretty cool. There's is that what the Ben Cheney Society or Foundation yeah, was there for? That is what the Ben. Do you Cheney know who Ben Cheney was? Yes, I do. He brought a baseball team to the Pacific Northwest. Correct. Do you know what else he did? Um, I was on his Wikipedia page earlier today. Owned a little baseball team. Maybe you've heard of him, the San Francisco Giants. Oh, did he really? In the sixties, yeah. Hmm. yeah. He also founded the Cheney Lumber Company. Lived in Bay Center, Washington, for a time. Mm-hmm. He didn't live in Cheney. No. No. <laughs> no patience for Eastern jokes around here. Tough football season. Uh, no, what else? That. What else is on the front page? Shahala School District will run a levy proposal on the February ballot. Mm. Um, this is not on the front page, but there is a teaser. Uh, three linked to Lewis County meth operation arrested and charged following Jana investigation. Mm. We actually have a follow up to that that'll go up later tonight on Carline. There is a number four. Ooh. All right. Breaking Bad. I'm not sure if it's appropriate to mention here, but Jared is friends with the fourth on Facebook. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> really? Uh, small town. No, you just got lots of friends. Is it Franklin? I mean, <laughs> they got to click the link. Ultimately, you could very well be, in that case, linked to Lewis County Meth Operation. Yeah, you could be ne- the next domino to fall. Well, yeah, <laughs> all we know. Yeah. Uh, people really loved that new Travel Centers of America truck stop thing. That story did numbers online. I've got the link to the Facebook post in Facebook comments of the week. I haven't read the comments, but I saw there was 300 some of them, and I I don't know why. A lot of people are unhappy about what this might why? mean for traffic. Yeah. But did they not read the part where there's going to be a Sparrows there? There's already. Authentic Italian cuisine right here in Lewis County. Which, Finally, something to eat in Chehalis. <laughs> which exit is this on? Uh, it's going to be the Rush Road exit, I think. Yeah, it'll definitely there be. There are already like three truck stops there. Yeah, but they don't have a Cinnabon, a Jimmy John's, a Jamba Juice, a Sabaro, or a KFC with a drive-thru. I mean, I... Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. People know there's two exits in Appavine, right? No. Just take the next one. It's not that far. That's a, that's a date night right there. Just take her to a truck stop, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, I like the picture that goes along with this. You got, is that Brian Watson hand, mm-hmm. holding a golden shovel? It's Napa Vine City Councilor Brian Watson to you. Not co-worker Brian Watson. Also co-worker <laughs> Brian Watson, but not in this capacity. 320 comments. Some of them are good. Some of them are traffic already a mess. This is going to make it worse. Yeah, see, I told you. They're going to have to put stoplights in. There's already a stoplight. Traffic can get difficult down there, though. I understand what no, the readers I, are saying. Yeah, I do think... They'll probably have to make some infrastructure changes. But, I mean, that whole um, exit is like, I feel like it could easily be improved. You know what I mean? It wouldn't take that much. Probably just like some stoplights. Uh, these comments. There's more than one Napvine exit. And a reply to that. When I come home every year, I end up either getting off at exit 68 or Vader if the freeway is backed up. I try and avoid it. It's 72 if I can. It's nerve-wracking. It's stupid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't give away your secrets, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, these combo. Had me a Jamba Juice. See? I told you. Is there any Sparrow fans in there? Uh, Yes. Should be. What is that? Oh, wait. It's authentic Italian cuisine. There's a note from a Sparrow fan. I declare (laughs) 
bankruptcy! Yeah. Uh-huh. Has was... me at Cinnabon. What are people doing? Indian food, smiley face. Why you gotta what? hate on everybody's responses? What's the know, proper response like, to this, Aaron? Uh, this is fine. Okay. No, the proper response is no That's response. Because who gives a shit? Just you respond don't go to there. everything with this is fine. Yeah. And I'm always right. I thought uh, we were saving that one for Hero of the Week. Any other <laughs> Hero of the Week truck stop? Mm-hmm. Any other news that uh, we should hit? Uh, there's a new executive director at the United Way, Chastity Pennington. That one That's, was in People's Champ. Yeah. Oh, okay. Read the oh. notes. Sorry, I never read the notes. That's okay. Uh, Lewis County Young Professionals Christmas Collaboration event set for December 14th, so all you youngsters can go hang out and have coffee at the station. I am always curious what the cutoff is for that. Uh, you are definitely in the young professionals still, uh, both I of don't you. know about that. I don't yeah. think I am. Yep, no. I'm pretty sure it's 40. Is there an old professionals group? It's just like just the professionals. Club. <laughs> yeah. Lewis County professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the 40 over 40. The, I think it's a really fun thing. It's sort of like festival. If Festival of Trees had a much lower buy-in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cool event. I'm excited. Uh, the other one you didn't add on here is Minuteman Press opening up at the Lewis County Mall. Mm. Friend of the podcast and the Chronicle, Daryl Lund. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. That's his business. Isabel wrote about that. Yep, that was a fun one. And um, Shakara Ryan, who is working there, a former Staples employee, was a friend of Jared's, too. And so it, we went there, and it's just a whole bunch of pals talking about printing. Love it. It was great. Uh, longtime Rochester Christmas tree farmer prepares for holiday season. We got a story on Don Tapio. Yeah, he's real wholesome. He's a good reminder that all you need to get a feature story is write us a letter asking for one and calling us the best newspaper in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mitchell filed that story with the slug, like, wholesome Christmas tree story. I stopped by the farm over the weekend. That's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. All right. Um... Yeah, I don't see anything else worth talking about in this new in two. Did you weeks get a tree? Oh, that's that's just weak. Did you get your tree, Eric? Uh, yeah, I got a tree. Nice. Not from that farm. We looked. But oh, very very particular on our trees. Not good enough for you down at Don Tapio's, huh? Uh, they were good. They were good. You know, almost too good. We needed a rattier tree, so we went to a different place. I get that. You got to find a tree that fits your vibe. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jeff and Julie from Fairway Lanes. Jeff and I met Jacek of Summit Funding at our bowling center. So when we fell in love with this community and it was time to relocate, we knew we would be calling Summit Funding. They understand that everyone has a unique situation when buying a home. He had already helped two of our employees get into their own homes. The Summit Funding team exceeded our expectations. It was a seamless experience with great communication from his whole team. Thank you to Summit Funding for making our buying experience special and memorable. All right, we're back, and now we move to segments. And first up is Tales from the Takes page. And boy, oh boy, were we... You know what? This is what... I would like to revisit my earlier statement. This is what I'm thankful for this I week. I am also thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, my my dad texted me about this, and then I went and read it and decided it was time to start in the podcast notes, and so I slapped it on the page. And a few minutes later, I got a message from Schwartz with a screenshot of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? We're we're all aligned on this one. Headline, letter to the editor. Comic was rude, belittling, and insulting. From the letter, can you say rude, derogatory, belittling, insulting? Question mark. 
Well, I'm saying all that and more. No, not the news, but rather a, quote, comic in your Saturday, November 18th edition. Picture this. Two older men having a chat, one in an overcoat and hat, the other slightly overweight and pulling a car jack. No big deal, right? That is, until you read the caption, your wife's stuck in the bath again. <laughs> is this okay with you, Chronicle? Did you think this was funny, deserving a chuckle? Well, it's not okay with me. Not funny. No chuckle here. Guess I wonder if you are at all sensitive to this unflattering and offensive message. Guess I wonder if you even care. <laughs> May I suggest that you carefully examine and reevaluate content from Herman by Jim Unger. May I also suggest that you have more respect for your readers. By the End way, letter. I would like to say that read was so good. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to say I'm mostly laughing at Aaron, but also because we do not know what the comics are going to be. We like pay for a subscription with the comics, and so it was just like the the very um, accusatory, angry with the Chronicle as an organization. I I can't help but laugh. I'm sorry. I really like that they cared that much. I did too. And that they wrote a letter to the editor about it and that the letter ran promptly. And uh, Jim Unger would be very interested in this. Were he alive, but he died in 2012. Jim Unger (laughs) was born before World War II in London. He's an older older gentleman. He died in 2012 in Canada. Yeah, I I don't think <laughs> I mean, like, it's I, run before, sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. But this it's comic provoking, is, this you comic know. We got the people going. This comic was <laughs> probably his his comic strip was syndicated for eighteen years, so we can imagine this comic. He probably wrote it in what the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure Jim Unger, like from the pictures of him, I pulled up, he looks cool as shit. <laughs> Just like a burned out hippie in a blue tank top and some aviators, shaggy hair, looks awesome. Uh, for those at the nexus of reading our comics page religiously and listening to this podcast, I will just double down on what Isabel said. We subscribe, not subscribe, we pay for the rights to like, oh man, for each of those comics, we're going through like four or five different companies and they all send them to another vendor that we pay that uh, puts them together and then they send it to another vendor that colorizes them mm-hmm. and then we just get like a finished product. But and it's like the comics don't even really show up on the proofs, do they? No, no, we They're don't. Like, yeah. We don't look at them before they go. Um, there is some responsibility to the syndicates that um, sell them to us um, to make sure there's nothing outrageous in there. Though we did have the Great Dilbert incident of 2022, if you recall, and people remain unhappy with his replacement, which shall not be named here. Oh yeah, all right. It's a really bad comic. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, not in like an edgy sort of way either. It's just bad. It's just not <laughs> just, funny. It's not very funny. It's not edgy like Herman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the combination of reading this letter and then finding the comic she was talking about made me laugh so hard. Once, like the punchline hit so much harder for Herman after that. It yeah. was like it looks like the kind of comic that would have been cut out of the newspaper and pinned up in an office in 1985. Yeah, and it would have been old then. Yeah, I um, like. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all that, like, she was bothered by this or, and it's, I understand being offended by it, like, but I also just couldn't help but laugh, like, because this letter was so impassioned and I, and just like Eric said, like, I love that she wrote that. So it's just fun for us when we get that kind of thing. Uh, Next item in Tales from the Takes page, 
A letter to the editor, headline, Unlike some of our politicians, Theodore Roosevelt was not a coward. I didn't even read the article or the, the letter. Don't need to. <laughs> Tagline rips. It was really good. It was a good letter. It, yeah. Theodore Roosevelt, definitively not a coward. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph Tipler, I think. Mm-hmm. He has a way of like just writing about something that's completely not local or anything that is relevant to the Chronicle specifically, but will write about like history or something. And it's almost always very entertaining. Yeah, I love Joseph Tipler. I reached out through Doug Blosser and asked him to write a column at one point, and he said, no, I prefer my monthly letters. <laughs> oh, well, good for him. But, yeah, he's a, he's a good letter writer. Historian. And, and uh, finally, John McCroskey commentary. Education is necessary for public support for public to support 911 center tax and jail upgrades. And I have a hot take for you guys. Call him good. You agree with John McCroskey, huh? He goes into the history of the jail and the requirements that made it happen and how government construction processes work and don't work and what changes he made when he was sheriff. It's kind of informative. And basically, he notes that the county didn't explain why this is necessary. And damn it, I agree with him. I have, you know what? I would be a hypocrite and a fraud (laughs) if I did not applaud John McCroskey for doing what I've said he should have been doing all along, which is writing, you know, based on his expertise. And his expertise was being the sheriff. And running the jail, and he's done it, and he made some fine points. Good. So, anyway, yeah, good column by McCroskey. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed reading this as well. I think it's really interesting to get the background about the new, new old jail. He calls it in the column. Um, and I just, it makes me wonder with all of the budget constraints that he would have had at the time, if he would have called our friends the roof doctor at the roof doctor in order to get a free quote on the new jail's roof. Because, I don't know if you guys know this, but since 1959, the roof doctor has been a family owned roofing company and they offer free estimates on your roof and do emergency roof repairing and all sorts of other things. The Roof Doctor is Western Washington's (laughs) family practice since 1959. You can call them locally at 360-736-0246 or give them a call at 360-499-0064. But what you probably want to do is just visit theroofdoctor.com and you can click the button and they'll come out, give you a free estimate. That's it. Anything else you guys want to talk about, Roof Doctor? They also offer skylight installations and replacements. Okay. Um, Do we have a Sirens Banger of the Week? I got one. Give me a second here. You know, banter a little bit. I just got to pull it up. Ah, fine. What are you guys doing on Slack? I heard that notification go off. Oh, there it is. Mm. Some birds. A uh, uh, little inside baseball for the listeners out there. The Chronicle Slack channel is 90% pictures of birds. Yeah, that's that's on me. I'm sorry. I mean, it's yeah. not always, but yeah, I feel like I initiated said trend. I liked when Emily or somebody submitted a Beak of the Week photo like yesterday, and then you quickly responded with Beak of the Week, your own photos. I actually was working on them when kinda, she said that. kind of felt rude. But I actually have swans gotta, for... I feel like the humble seagull deserves a little light. I, yeah. I'd be happy to do hum, humble seagull I always wonder, like, also. why are they here, you know? Yeah. What do they know? <laughs> <laughs> Flood oh, coming? Wait, oh, my gosh, that reminds me. Tell them, tell them. 
Oh, so we were driving uh, the other day. It better be a sick seagull this story. story is it is a sick seagull story. So we're driving back to Aaron's place where we are living. And oh, you I guys are all living together now? You could just say your <laughs> house. <laughs> Aaron's rental. Aaron's rental. And right by the spray park, I just see a huge gathering of seagulls. A flock of seagulls, if you will. And... There's like a hundred of them, and I look, and there's a hand that comes out of the window of the apartment building, and this little old lady is feeding hundreds of seagulls out of this and window. And then the next day, she was doing it again. This is a common practice. Because I, I took I took Isabel back to see it, and she was doing it again. Awesome. It was mm-hmm. very cool. Somebody's got to feed the seagulls. They're yeah. not going to feed themselves. There were so many. They're like lining the rooftops waiting for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found my sirens banger of the week, uh, and it's a malicious prosecution case. I'll mm-hmm. just read the whole thing. Just after 9.30 a.m. on November 24th, officers responded to a second-hand report of a possible des- domestic violence protection order violation. Soon after officers were dispatched, the respondent, a 30-year-old Centralia man, called the police to accuse the protected party of breaking into his home and hiding in his closet. Officers contacted the protected person in the closet and learned the respondent had invited the protected party over, and this is quoting, Evidently, the man, after learning a third party reported the incident, told the protected person to hide in his closet, then attempted to have them arrested for burglary so he would not be in violation of the order, according to the department. So... He invited... uh, We'll say... We'll, 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 we'll say yeah, he invited she. We don't know that to be the case, though. And then he but invited she her had over. A protection order against him? Yes. And then somebody called and was like, hey, these two aren't supposed to be hanging out together. And then he told her to go in the closet and was like, I'll take care of this. And then was like, she broke into my house. <laughs> <laughs> Prosecute. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I don't see the charge of malicious prosecution very often. And I thought yeah, that was that's, interesting. That's an interesting. Not necessarily one. a banger, but. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Also, if. You have a protection order out out against somebody and invite you over. Just don't go. Like you kind of yeah. Maybe they. So you're you're siding with the the. uh, I don't want a victim (laughs) shame here. I know that's what you're getting at, but like you know, I did see this other report of a disorderly man who uh, lit a pair of his own pants on fire on the sidewalk, then put out the fire with his own soda. And I just wanted to know why it was important that it was his own soda and not someone else's (laughs) soda that he used to put out the fire. I love seeing what the (laughs) police logs say for that kind of stuff. It's like you, it just, you ask so many more questions because of the very specific wording. It's true. Yeah, I like when they do that. Um, All right, good ones. People's Champion of the Week, we've got a few. We've got Chastity Pennington, who is the new executive director of the United Way of Lewis County. She replaces Christian Brune, who resigned this year earlier this year after two years at the helm. He was hired following Debbie Campbell's retirement. She had the job for 22 years. We've also got Terry the Hare Harris, honored um, by the Chamber of Commerce as the Grand Marshal of the Aloha Christmas Santa Parade in Chehalis. And didn't he decorate the mm-hmm. little house the over there? House. He does it every Looks time. Looks great. And the, the Christmas train, holiday train. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Uh, we've got Mike and Sue Austin, who are honored by the Chehalis Foundation for their legacy of service. Uh, we've they, got... Oh, go I was ahead. Just oh no, say- go ahead. They've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for school supplies in Chehalis and um, at St. Joe's. Um, so that's just a little background on them. 
Uh, we've got the abused dog found shot along Spirit Lake Highway who was adopted and is set to lead the holiday parade. And we've got families gaining new members in Lewis County Adoption Day celebration. So it goes to Trooper the dog. Yeah, I love sure. the dog. Yeah, the dog was a good story. Yeah, that's the, as you pointed out, a daily news story, but it happened in the Chronicles coverage area. Yes. Uh-huh. Spirit Lake Memorial Highway, we count it. But the dog was found shot in the head with its muzzle duct taped, and that is horrible. That's awful. That is horrible. I am sure happy that being the Grand Marshal of the Longview Holiday Parade is going to heal all those wounds. Yeah. We, the photos are great on the updated so story. Great, yeah. That dog looks so happy. I just want to pet that dog. Teased it on the front with Pup in the Parade. Who does really? that, though? It's just messed up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it makes me wonder, would you rather be shot in the head or be the Grand Marshal of the Longview Parade? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook comments of the week. You can guess what these are mostly regarding. Uh, on the letter to the editor about the comic, about the lady stuck in the tub. Uh, one comment. It's lowbrow at best. It's a good question that deserves to be addressed by The Chronicle. Why? When humor is attempted at the expense of another, that isn't humor, it's bullying. This took place 40 years ago. Now it is definitely Also a possible. fictional Herman character. <laughs> yeah, these aren't real people. We don't even know what the wife looks like. <laughs> now it is definitely possible to create humor that capitalizes on another's misfortune. And some could even pull off humor that draws attention to target audience. Uh, race, religion, ability, etc. But that's harder to pull off in a sincere way. And you'll notice those good at it do it through participation and belonging and not by being mean. You are criticizing a dead man. <laughs> this comic was just mean-spirited. So, to the Chronicle, is this how you intend to show up? <laughs> is it? I, uh, yeah, I thought a lot about my life after that. Uh, does everyone think the Chronicle made this cartoon and not a man who was born in 1937 in London? Yes. I think we actually, they, they do think we have some accountability for it, and we do. It's just a question of whether you thought that really crossed any sort of line. Yeah. Um, another comment. Read the, quote, article. What made it even more fun was the ad next to the writer's name, which is for a walk-in tub. <laughs> that's pretty wild. <laughs> Great. Good job advertising. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's an algorithm thing. This guy had just been searching for a walk-in tub would be my guess. And then my favorite comment. This letter is funnier than the comic, to be honest. It's so over the top. Quote, do you find this risable, sir? Do you feel a, a little giggle? Are you amused and entertained by this low-hanging fruit? Did this sort of thing <laughs> not die out in the 70s, where a male comic's entire routine could be summed up in the sentence, my fat, ugly wife shops too much. For shame, Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, I did not write that comment, um, but... May what as a, well have. What a banger. It's the most excitement we've gotten out of the comics page in a while. So and, like the, yeah. and the letters to the editors, like on Facebook at least. Yeah, people loved that one or hated it or hated us or all of them. Still wondering why the truck stop post garnered 300 comments. Uh, it's not like they're bringing it in Olive Garden. Jesus. Man. <laughs> um, what's that's, uh, that's fake Italian. Sbarro's brings the old country. Yeah, yeah. All those, all those real Italians in Lewis County are just gonna. <laughs> hey, you're gonna love that. What was pizza. that? That wasn't loud. Okay. I, what do you? I'm not gonna do an Italian thing. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's so restrained today. Uh, we already covered what's in the next edition, which came out today. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. We'll sponsored. have more news in the next paper. We'll have a Jim Walsh profile probably. Looks oh. like uh, Mitchell just dropped it in there. Boy, after he's uh, took over the leadership post for the state Republican Party. I know you're excited about that one, Aaron. Not Cannot Mitchell, wait. but Jim Walsh. Yeah, Mitchell didn't. Jim Walsh did. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's a controlled yeah. substance homicide that we just updated the story on cronline.com about and uh, an update on that Centrea fire last week outside mm. of your guys's house. Yeah, the All house of that your we guys's. live in with Aaron. <laughs> you, anyway, yeah, that uh, the, the, the Hub City Creamery building. Um, yeah, and shocking. we could have also, a profile on George Sharp as well of oh, Thurston County. Very also, excited about that one. Also, um, James and the Giant Peach at Evergreen Playhouse, which Emily, our very own, is in. Very fun. What did they end up using for the peach? I know I asked that. I So, okay. They wanted a, it to not look like a butt. Right. So, as one does. So they just have, like, the top of the peach along the top of the stage, kind of, and then, like, just a peach-colored stage area. Well, if you would have told it. me that, I would be buying tickets right now. Spoiler alert, it's, man. It, it, it's you really have to cool use your imagination. Aaron's only going to If you have an imagination, the, Aaron. The peach looks like a butt. You're telling me I have to go to a show and imagine? A, it is a, a children's big, story. Yeah, but it's Roald Dahl. Like, he, you know, he kind of gets after it. There's also a really he's a, fun... He's a big old weirdo pervert. There's a... there's a, <laughs> What? What a take. There's a really fun little Easter egg in there where, like, they're in the orphanage and one of the kids is reading Matilda. It's very cute. hmm Well. I'm a huge Roald Dahl fan. Do you fan. guys know... Oh, do you know what magazine he used to write for? No. Playboy. Really? Big I did not know pervert. that. I did not know that. He only wrote it for the articles, though. What, um, what did he write? Like, what do you write if you write for Playboy? Obviously, you've never just read the article. Insightful articles. No, I've, <laughs> I haven't ever read one. So uh-huh, what do you uh-huh. write? Uh, you know, profiles, uh, reviews of things. Okay. Lifestyles. Short fiction. Okay. Short fiction. Playboy used to have really good interviews. I've heard. Um, I, I, you know, I sometimes out in the woods, you know, all the bonds <laughs> of literature, all the lessons Mother Nature teaches us. Would it be kind of like a GQ sort of thing? Yeah, like a like a GQ or like what if Maxim magazine was classy and had boobs in it? Uh. Um, anyway, you say Maxim's not classy. I, I it's a big reader. Playboy back in the day. is. Yeah, I think. I yeah, I would make the argument Playboy is classier than Maxim. <laughs> More tasteful. We're sponsored by... <laughs> because there's boobs. <laughs> Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. Leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts if you want. And after this last discussion, I don't know how you can't. Um, I would be interested to read it. Thank you. We'll be back next week. <laughs>